Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, welcome to another podcast. This week's episode is called There's No Ick in Psychic and how this phrase hurts psychic kids and three things to remember. So we're going to have a conversation about this kind of American cultural thing where, yes, psychics are often the butt of jokes, if that's how you say it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that, and, and that's funny if we lived in a culture strictly for adults that have assimilated this part of themselves. But I do want to go into three mo- reminders on who's listening. You know, the psychic kids are listening and none of us asked for this gift. And when it's made fun of how this really affects kids and hurts kids and how many psychic adults uh, are still recovering from this, this, the joke of what we do so naturally. And I just want to talk about a few ways to sort of think about what it means to be a psychic kid and just genuinely the burden of that. So yes, I train people to become more intuitive and why is because you are anyway. And especially if you were born highly psychic or especially a medium child, that never leaves you. It's just you have coping mechanisms so that as an adult, it's not quite as in your face as it is when you're a kid and you don't know what it is. And maybe you don't have anyone to talk to. When they see comedians making fun of it, it's it's devastating for them. And it's just another way they want to reject themselves and shut, try to shut the gift down, try to shut it down. But you cannot shut down this gift. It just sort of manifests in other maybe less healthier ways. So I want to talk about what it really means to be a psychic kid, what it means to be a psychic adult as well, but how the the joke of what this is in our society really can affect the children, especially. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, let's see. As I was putting this podcast together, it's going to be hard for me to to stay on point and also narrow it down so I don't get too carried away because I'm very passionate about this subject. And so let's just let's just agree on a, a few things. So our culture, this is the word our culture calls it. It's called being psychic. You know, some people like to say I'm an intuitive and I am a, you know, spiritual healer. And yes, there are all kinds of different ways people do go out of their way to avoid the humiliation of calling themselves a psychic. And often the people born psychic are the ones, including me, that really resist the word. Yes, there are plenty. I know plenty of people that love calling themselves psychic and just really get off, <laughs> get off on telling everybody they're so psychic and they love what that means. But let me tell you something. If you were not supported with your psychic senses as a kid, this brings up so much shame, so much humiliation, so much feeling of out of controlness. And and a lot of psychics born psychic go out of their way so that you never know how psychic they are. Okay, they're sometimes the most normal people you'll ever meet because they try so hard to be as normal so you can't tell how sensitive, psychic, medium, intuitive, multidimensional they are, okay? So that's the paradox of when you're born this way. Yeah, I have call it, I mean, 
and neither, you know, not to judge either, but like my colleagues that didn't come to this work till they were like late thirties, forties, um, in my training group and I was getting trained too, they could not understand why I rejected the award. They could not understand why I could not embrace doing the work. I was so terrified and I was so humiliated and, um, their boldness with it did give me more courage at the beginning of my profession. So I really do val- value people that are una, you know, unashamingly psychic. Um, it's just, I, like so many psychic kids, had, it was a part of me I just rejected. And so when you make fun, call it ick, you know. By the way, you know, ick is I-C-K and psychic is P-S-Y-C-H-I-C. So there's literally no ick in psychic, um, but it's it's certainly an, an easy joke and an easy target. So we have to agree. I mean, my skin cancer awakening, my spiritual awakening was like I had to just accept this was the damn word. And you know, I I just, I meditated, I prayed for so many years to come up with a different term, but people aren't stupid, you know, (laughs) they're just not. And I do feel like we can reclaim that word. And when you, we do this work in an honorable, respectful, boundary filled way, then we can redefine what being psychic means. Yes, there's a perversion in Hollywood where the psychic is a joke and out of control and maybe a vessel for dark things and what have you. And maybe it's not, I I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't want to have a bad attitude about it, but you know, yeah, there are some ways that Hollywood portrays being psychic in a positive way, but it's much more, prevalent and it has been though I think things are changing much more prevalent in being psychic is this like dark horrible thing so being psychic is you're a multi-dimensional being which everybody is and as I always say everybody is psychic but here's something you don't know when you're highly psychic so you and you're a medium so you see spirits and you you know stuff comes out of your mouth because you channel stuff which is called claircognizance and maybe you also come from a really bad home. And so your and your aura is really thin because maybe there's some violence or maybe there's a lot of change and uprooting and your aura becomes really thin. So this is a combination where thing, dark things can get in. You have no safety, you know, you have no aura to keep you safe as a child. And then you feel everybody's feelings and you see things you don't want to see. And you know, things that come out of your mouth. And in the old days, you could get spanked for it or worse, Uh, worse for sure. And maybe that isn't quite as common these days, though. Obviously, it happens still. So a lot of the people that make jokes about it probably came from great homes. Their intuition is really balanced. It's not something that's super obvious within them. You know, they can navigate the world without the psychic sense, the intuitive part of them over animating every single experience that you have, you know, meeting a new person, you get a download, you want to go on a trip and you get this, like all this anxiety from the amount of people on the plane or you know, traveling or as a psychic, that clear, you know, clear sentient part, that clear feeling, it's monumental just to get through a regular trip for a regular person. It's monumental to the psychic. And again, 
you don't choose to be born this way. There's a reason for it. There's a soulful reason for it. There are lifetimes of reasons for it. You might have had a traumatic childhood that just woke up your psychic senses for survival. So often when you have that really high open intuition, that I would say 60% plus comes through trauma. Just like a lot of my colleagues came to the table of intuition of this work of psychic work because they lost their children, their children died. And so there is this sort of monumental experience that happens that tends to awaken people's spiritual language. Some people at 40, some of us at like two or three years old when we know, oh my God, I have to connect to something higher than me or I may not survive this childhood. So when we make fun of psychics, that is what we are diminishing down into perhaps a jackass that puts a, you know, crystal ball in there and dresses the part, if you will. That is that, you know, and again, I really want to normalize this gift. However, being psychic is just like being a lawyer. It's just like being a doctor. And, and I've had a couple of colleagues argue with me about the doctor part and or the law part. But here's the thing. We all know, we've all gone to people that shouldn't have been doctors. Like, especially if you're psychic, <laughs> you know, this person has no desire for your actual health. They, they maybe went in it for a narcissistic pursuit. They maybe went in it for family, um, you know, encouragement, conditioning, what have you. And it's the same thing with psychics. There are people that call themselves psychics that have no business doing the work, but much like that doctor who went in it for you know, reasons other than being called to the work, it's the same. There are people called to law for the power and the glory and the prestige of it that absolutely shouldn't be representing people, um, don't care um, how the law protects uh, people that need it, right? So I, I, you know, yes, there can be a sense of humor. There has to be, you know, I, when I finally had that spiritual awakening through the lens of skin cancer, I had to have a sense of humor around it. I had to normalize the gift that if I don't read for this person, they're not going to die. And then some people will be like, yeah, but your work can save people's lives. And I know it can. I've experienced it myself. I've seen this happen for families that I work with. Um, so, but I, to take out that type of terror and to just, you know, you are still having a human experience and you will be called to the moments that you are needed for sure. But, but we have to really normalize this profession. And so I think the joke of it can be muted if people understand, yes, it's a normal part of a human experience being psychic, but there are little kids that are seeing stuff you cannot imagine. They are feeling feelings from maybe, you know, drug addict parents or alcoholic uncles, or, you know, you don't know what the hell these psychic kids are bringing in. And if you add a medium on top of that, these kids feel the feelings of the dead around them. These kids see stuff that you would terrify you. So when we are making fun, I just, you know, do what you do. But just just consider that a psychic kid could be hearing their reality reduced to 
some bullshit person with a, you know, crystal ball just trying to make five bucks or something. Okay. I mean, that's just, that's the point of this podcast is just, I want to give the insight that may, you may have not ever received when you're talking about psychic kids, basically. That's the word our culture uses. And if you try to use an airy fairy word to avoid it, it's just, it can, it, it does confuse people, but they're also really smart. So they, they understand what they're, what you're doing. And it just doesn't make you look comfortable, which why would it make them feel comfortable then if you're not comfortable with it? You know what I mean? So it was really interesting because after my awakening, I made peace with the word and I held my head high and I, you know, finally told people what I do. I told family, I, you know, told longtime friends and a very much came from it with my heart. So if they had any question, I absolutely would answer that for them. But the caveat, well, the interesting thing was once I made peace with the word, it didn't matter who I told, they responded with peace back. So early in my profession, let's say 2007, between 2007 and 2010, I was not comfortable, which meant I attracted clients that weren't super comfortable. (laughs) And I was like challenged all the time. And I was really, uh, you know, in resistance of the whole thing. So after the skin cancer awakening, I made full peace and I've never had a crappy client. I have the most respectful clients. I have the best, you know, people can ask me any question they have about intuition and I'm more than happy to explain it because what I know is the intuition in me is the intuition in them. So, but there's a phenomenon when you are uncomfortable with it, the world is uncomfortable with you with it. (laughs) So there is something really profound that happens when you can make peace with the word psychic and you use it almost as armor when you're just like, yeah, this is just what we call it. And yeah, I know there are, there's a silliness about the way it's portrayed. And there's a silliness of some types of people that do do the work. Um, there, there are people doing it as a joke, you know, sure. Okay. Um, other professions are also made fun of. So I do really just want to, I say that to normalize it. Um, but within the people close to me, there's, I, I have a no toleration for joking, you know, being disrespectful about what it actually means. And like I said, since I made peace with it, it's just kind of become a non-issue actually. But you know, kids are listening and how you talk about money, you know, your attitude about money. If you're a parent, the kids are hearing you. They hear your relationship with money. Um, you know, they hear, I have to say this too, I have to admit this. They hear how you, like even something as normal and simple as sports. Um, I was an athlete growing up, but my dad, the f- you know few times we had to be around him, he, if the sports was on and he was, yeah, he was the big athlete growing up. I mean, that's all he cared about. And so as a young woman, I had kind of an attitude around sports on the TV because it would just trigger the hell out of, um, you know, all the things that brought that triggered in me. And, you know, I have a son and I have a daughter. And so I I did have to sort of make sure I talk about sports in the way that I love sports too. And so I got to take the energy away from the terrible way I was raised with that on the TV and, you know, all the things that came with that. But, um, 
you know, how you talk about gay people or how you talk about religion or spirituality. I mean, our kids are just really tuning into that tone, especially if they are relating to it in any way, you know, whether they say anything or not is doesn't matter. They're listening. And particularly if they, if they know on some level they're psychic and maybe in the household it's talked about as a joke these are ways that the kids just really try to disconnect and break off and shut down this part of themselves but it is much like trying to not blink <laughs> you know <laughs> the trying not to part uh, is ridiculous and we look ridiculous when we're trying not to so it's more of like an understanding an understanding of how our intuition and the intuition in them is the intuition in you and it's not supernatural. It's very, very natural. It's a natural part of what you are as a soul, as a spirit, having a human experience. So, okay, as we wrap this up, let's just go over three reminders. You know, these are the big ones. So just to remember, we don't choose this, you know, psychic kids don't choose to be psychics. They don't, certainly don't choose to be mediums. Um, so it, it's, yes, and maybe this is for another podcast, but I kind of don't want to go down a rabbit hole, which will keep me talking forever. But, um, often it's old souls that have, that are psychic medium just cause they know how to do that in this dimension. Old souls come to this dimension a lot. So they're familiar. They're very comfortable with the bridge between who they are as a spirit and who they are as a human. That bridge is just really comfortable. So younger souls, not super comfortable in a human body, remembering that they're a, a soul. <laughs> so that's one, you know, drop in the bucket of why, um, some of us will do it professionally. It's what we're called to do to be. It's again, there's so many amazing things people do in the world that they never chose. One of my favorite musicians is Lorena McKenna. And she once said that music called to her, like she comes from a non-musical family. And yet, you know, she plays the harp and she sings and she creates these amazing albums seemingly out of nowhere but what as I know as a, as a medium that can access guides is that she's done this so many times in past lives so this is actually very very common to her soul it's very you know it's not out of the blue this is who she is specifically as a soul and the family that she came from actually supported it because it was coming through her pure lens and I know if you're doing something that the rest of the family does, you understand what I'm talking about, where there's a, a specialness to just you so that you can do it authentically and you're not kind of doing it through the lens of your mom or through the lens of your dad or through the lens of how your grandma or grandpa would do it, but just kind of comes through you, um, even though you don't maybe see the gift in the rest of the family. So number two is that so many of the suicidal kids that we hear about that we maybe know in my observation and research they're generally the sensitives they're generally the psychics okay because the psychic medium tends to take out the ridiculous amount of energy and feelings and thoughts and images and maybe energy from the dead they take it out on themselves. They don't know how to process 
the monumental amount of information and energy they deal with while probably having no idea. They think it's all just them and they feel out of control. They feel psychotic. They feel overwhelmed. They feel sorrow and desperation. Maybe even they have a fine family life, but because the psychic sensitive, the psychic medium too, can bring in this information from the dead, from the living, from, you know, Gary down the street, from, you know, Susie from across the country, because they saw her on TikTok or whatever, they pull in that information, and they have no idea. So we really want to watch our kids that may be psychic, may be sensitive medium. And if we say, okay, our kids too sensitive, the solution to that is for them to understand how their sensitivity works. That is absolutely the solution to kids that are sensitive, not to desensitize them, but rather so that the sensitive part of them can become balanced. Okay. And number three, and finally, uh, as I've already touched on, the burden is enormous. Psychics, Feel, you know, as a multi-sensory being, you, you, they bring in information through their clairs. So they're either experiencing clairvoyant, meaning they're seeing things. Clairaudient means they're hearing things. Clairsentient means they're feeling who knows and from who knows where. And finally, claircognizance, which is the hardest one to know that you do because it's so fast you think you thought it. Um, my Claire's cognizant students, true, very, they're fun to work with because <laughs> there's the information comes so fast, but our work together is to slow it down or to put it onto another Claire so that you as a Claire cognizant feel like you have more control around what and where you download from. So again, I just, I'm from my heart. I just want to make sure we can all be on the same page about, you know, I've heard it just way too many times about the ick and psychic. And of course, there will always be jokesters in our profession. That's just as any other profession, that's what's up. And it's particularly agonizing to the child because the child may not have any idea and any support or help. Whereas we're adults, hopefully we can get help, we can read books, we can uh, find a therapist that supports us in our pursuit of understanding this part of ourselves. Hopefully they're open to the intuition within them as well. And to really normalize psychic work so people don't want to attack it is to just, it's something so normal, everybody has it, okay? So those are just a few things to remember when you too are maybe talking about it and maybe there's some kids around and um, you making peace with this part of yourself again. And it can be a process, especially if you were born this way. Um, We have a lot more, I kind of try to show it like this, like if you're coming to the table of your psychic senses from a really holistic place, let's say you get to start at zero and then you get to go up and you get to learn and you get to go upwards, like to the good stuff, to the angels, to how intuition and being psychic and being a medium is beautiful and lovely and life affirming and just so freaking amazing. Well, when you're born psychic and you have no support, you don't start at zero. You might start at negative 20 depending on the severity, you know, if you grew up in a haunted house, like I did, you might start at negative 40. 
if there was some violence, you might start at negative 60. So while you're trying to neutralize your intuition, you have all of this healing to do before you even get to zero. And so for me, meeting my colleagues in 2006, 2007, um, they were at zero going upwards where I was at negative 60 trying to find my way to zero. And so that's what I did over that 2007 to 2010 when I finally had my awakening to me, that means I finally got to zero. I finally got neutral. And then I put in the time to go into the higher um, experiences of what the genuine realities of intuition, mediumship, and psychic healing is available um, to us, what that means to us um, in its genuine beauty. So if you too are maybe in the negatives in how you experience intuition, just sort of Think about that. How can you get up to neutral? And that takes, you know, reading and or prayer and or meditation, um, support, mentorship, you know, you can get there. And then once you get to that sort of zero, that neutrality, you get to start experiencing the beauty that intuition offers. Okay, so and as your kid grows up and experiences it more, and if you can love them and support them and be a good listening ear, even if you don't have the answers, all of that uh, is so helpful to these psychic kids. Okay, as we wrap up, I just want to remind you the Be Guided and Be Great book is available. You can go to my website, katesaintclair.com, shop the book. Um, I think I've got some links on social media. And also, it's really important to me that I ask you to rate and review this podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, you know, I was thinking today, I was having a talk with my guides. I'm going to, I'm going to need you guys to start reviewing, (laughs) rating and reviewing this podcast, because that might determine whether I do 20 more or that whether I do a hundred more of these podcasts, I really want to co-create this podcast with you. Um, I really do want you to rate and review. I do want you to go to um, my podcast tab at katesaintclair.com. Click that Ask Kate button. Uh, you know, let me know your questions. What can I do to um, answer questions about intuition for you so that you too have an intuition you can use, control, and trust? All right. Until next time, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.